one dumpster fire at a time. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carl. I'm an addict, alcoholic, and all the above. Uh, my sobriety is August 22nd, 2014. I'm Chelsea. I'm an alcoholic, and my sobriety date is February 19th, 2015. This is SoberPod. SoberPod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. Sober Pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome. Sober Pod is a podcast dedicated to the idea that one addict or alcoholic helping another is crucial to building a life in recovery. Join us on this season as we read from our book, 366 Fucking Days Sober, and as always, stay active, stay sober. 366 fucking days sober. <laughs> read wait. it. Read it. Wait. <laughs> oh. Um, what are we doing, Chelsea? Talking about dumpster fires. Dumpster fires. Talk about dumpster fire. Friends in recovery. <laughs> they are... <laughs> Uh, oh boy, yeah. if you only knew what that dumpster fire was. Hey, I uh, know Friends of Recovery. If you guys want to go ahead on over Friends of Recovery, they're awesome. They keep talking about our book and we keep talking about them. It's kind of how it works. Um, they are uh, um, doing their, they're doing like themes per month. So go on over there and check them out. Um, and they've been a, a, a real, um, they've been a supporter of the show. You know, every time I want to say like supporter of the show, like what goes through my head is Greece. You know, when they say, you know, if you can't be a an athlete, be an athletic supporter. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of funny. I always, I always like that part of the movie. But they, they're athletes in their own right. I, I mean, know, I know. You know, they are podcasters, that. too. Yeah, that's true. Um, no shade. So um, so then, um, uh, what else are we doing? Oh, buy the book, right? That is that. All, do I need to say anything more? If you buy the, buy the book, damn book, people. <laughs> it, <laughs> the book helps us to continue doing what we do. Uh, it is basically uh, one of the vehicles that we're using to fund the podcast and all of our other efforts. So, by all means, please buy the book. Uh, and soon, hopefully, and I was trying to figure it out today, I you will have uh, uh, my AI voice again uh, through through uh, uh, whatever AI generated voice. Uh, doing the readings of this stuff on Spotify, which I think will be funny because I'm going to, uh, at the very end, I'm going to add more to it. So I'm going to have myself saying weird shit at the end. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, just tune in for that. Yeah, exactly. I was like, so I'm going to have it come from like my alter ego, like, you know, just like a really evil uh, AI generated Carl. <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. I can't wait to hear it either. <laughs> AI is so crazy. Like the mm. amount of things that you can do with AI is just it just blows my mind. Yeah, I just I from a creative standpoint it's awesome, but at the same rate it's kind of scary cuz the things that we used to like do like we don't we're not going to do it anymore. We're just going to have AI do it and it's so it's kind of weird. So hopefully they're not going to be getting sober for you, you know, uh anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice though? Job. Like no, you yeah, could just take you could just take a back seat like all right, well, my AI, they got it. They'll yeah. go to the meetings. Does anybody want to share like uh, my AI does? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> burning desire from the from the AI in the room. I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo. So we're uh, we're so we're reading the book. We're also also if you're um, new to this podcast, great. You know, subscribe, like, and you know whatever. Stick us up your bunghole. If um if you are new to recovery and new to this podcast, go back to listen to um, New Beginnings, uh, March of 2022. Uh, the title of the the episode is New Beginnings, and a lot of people have actually been going back to listen to that. And what that is is where we would listen to the book Living Sober, and then we would um, listen to that chapter, and then we would discuss it uh, amongst ourselves. Uh, and so if you're new to recovery, it's got a lot of good foundational elements in terms of recovery you know, what to do, you know, one day at a time, as they say. So by all means, go back and listen to that. Um, and it's actually becoming like our number one listen to podcast, slowly but surely, uh, which is kind of cool if you really think about it. Um, so then, uh, and then we're reading from this book. So so we decided not to um, not to read, because like, we were, boy, it's taken us a couple days to get together this weekend. So, uh, so this is actually being recorded uh, on Monday. Uh, but we decided to jump ahead for uh, September thirteenth. So if you're listening, which is kind of weird, you'll be—it's like you're listening in the future. Wow, man! Wow, man! Heavy shit, man! <laughs> All right. So Chelsea is going to uh, read, or I am going to read. Which one do you want to do, Chelsea? I can read. Hopefully, I can read. All right. <laughs> All right. September thirteenth. When we get sober and feel successful in putting down our most egregious vices, we start taking a hard look at ourselves and think, quote, I can stop the ice cream. I can stop the caffeine. I can certainly stop those harmful cigarettes and all the porn, all that porn, so much porn, <laughs> quote, end quote. Uh, well, some of us anyway. It's easy to think that we can approach these things too. And why not? With our recent success at other things, these less harmful things should be easy enough. But don't get too ahead of yourself. According to the American Medical Association, quote, although approximately 30% to 50% of U.S. smokers make a quit attempt in any given year, success rates are low with only 7.5% managing to succeed, end quote. And the success rate, according to the NIH, for alcohol is around 18% for those who seek treatment. So with that in mind, let's have a nice dose of reality before we attempt those, quote, other things. Let's put out one dumpster fire. Let's put out one dumpster fire out at a time and let's walk before we run. Reflections. Are you taking on too much? Are you expecting too much from yourself now that you have some sobriety? Daily challenge. Read up on those, quote, other things that are troubling you. You might find some allies in that fight as well. Look at you with that book. You totally had the book and a bookmark and everything. And just, oh, my gosh. It's a pretty book. What can I say? It is a pretty book. You know, I do like the cover. The cover is like, you know, here, you know so if you're looking at it, and if you're looking at the cover, fine people, so this is literally like a, a sunrise, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like a gradient. Yeah, yeah. So that's, a, that's a nice little hopeful thing to it. I think that's the with one hundred percent more fucks given. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a um, there is a um, a reading called uh, "Give a Fuck," and I think that's um, 
but I don't even know which one it was on. October, maybe? Maybe October? Yeah, there's a, it's like a one that says, like, give a fuck. I love it. I think that's where I, I, when I was writing it, I was like, oh, let me, like, pull that one out somewhere, and, and I put it on the front cover. Because it was like, you know, it's like, basically it's about giving all the fucks you can give, right? You know, give a fuck. All right. So, um, so okay, so now it's usually my job to then talk about giving up other vices and then putting out yes. one dumpster fire at a time. Yes. Um, you know, we had um, um, my first sponsor uh, really loved talking about the dumpster fire, right? Really loved talking about like let's get to the let's get to the the more the the more burning issues, right? Uh, and and so that's um, you know, I think when we come into sobriety, I think that we can, um, you know, we get the we get the grace of sobriety sometimes where we are like, Oh, like I've like, it's almost like a surprise. Like, Oh, I've stopped drinking. You know, I've like, Oh my gosh. Like, like this is great. You know? And then, um, and it's, it really is like a window of grace. And that's kind of what it was for me too. It was just a window. It was like, I mean, again, 30 to 60 days was like great. Um, and, and thank goodness I did do some of the things in order to prepare me to move into, um, kind of like a next phase of recovery right which is which is actually addressing the smoldering dumpster fire that was still very much there right <laughs> so um because we can fool ourselves i know i can fool myself and i did for a long time that that everything was great and, you know we talk about it in the big books is like uh you know when the um when the when the wind stops blowing, like you know, you you come out of the cellar and you know, you know everything's all right, Ma. You know, nothing, nothing's wrong here, right? Like you know, the tornado's over now, right? And it's like, um, it, but it's just so like much still running in the background, like everything about like, uh, you know, all of our all of our more, I guess, defects and all the things that we have. And so, what one of the things that we do is we try to then go, okay that's done with when it's really not done with. And then we move on to the next thing, right? Like, so, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, boy, I need to stop cussing. I need to be this do-gooder. Oh, I need to, you know, um, I need to like, uh, I need to show up at work like every day and like, you know, be like fucking, you know, I do that too. I, I didn't call into work um, sick for an entire year because it just, because I wasn't sick. <laughs> but but I also like, I also didn't feel like I was um you know, I was like, I was trying to be a do-gooder. You know what I mean? I was trying to do too much, but that's like unhealthy, right? Like I, sh- yeah. you know, um, you know, my, my vaping, I fucking, I totally, um, um, you know, I struggled a lot with it, like trying to put it down, trying to put it down and early on. And it's like, and it, it was, and again, and I was risking a lot of things that I just was not aware of. Like, you know, again, it was, pu- it was putting more stress where it probably didn't need to be. Uh, it was causing more, me more anxiety than it. I needed it to be because it's like, you know, a lot of days I would just be like, oh, I'm going to try and quit today. Today, today is going to be the day I'm mm-hmm. going to do that shit today. And it's like, again, it's like, um, it's like, just like drinking. It's like, you know, you know, I, every time I like, you know, fucking Monday rolls around, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to stop today, you know? And fucking sure enough, it's like, I'm, I'm living in a fucking hell basically like, you know, Monday to Wednesday and then Wednesday, I fucking cave in and start drinking again. Like, fucking thank God, right? Like, I <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's all that kind of shit. And so, but I do that stuff with like all this other stuff as well. 
And and it's not like you want to go like again balls to the wall and go buy a fucking you know ten gallons of ice cream or something or you know fucking you know double up on your vape or you know whatever. It's not like we're talking about getting there, you know, in that regard. But I think what we're talking about is you know the one thing that I didn't do is I didn't focus on the very thing that was going to kill me, right? Like I needed to like know and understand and uh like ask for help relating to and um and seek the help uh that I needed in terms of my alcoholism right and yeah. I just I wasn't like you know I was so like ready to take on all these other things and 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 I was going to be like this fucking brand new me <laughs> right? clean slate yeah like, yeah you know new dude yeah and it, and it just and I, and I didn't think about it in terms of like baby steps and time takes time and like all those other things that like I expected everything to happen so much quicker than it did and uh and that was a real big um you know eye opener for me is that this shit is just absolutely um you know not uh, let's just say it's not easy but it's um it's I guess it's easy to 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 take on too much of it, right? It's easy to expect too much of myself and th- you know that I'm going to be quote unquote better than I was before, quote unquote, you know. Uh I don't know. I I did a lot of those things wrong and I think that was kind of the reason I wrote this stuff is to say like, hey, like, you know, nobody's expecting you to get well overnight. Nobody's expecting you to like suddenly stop, you know, whacking it you know, every morning, which I did for a while and which we talked about. <laughs> so, you know, nobody's expecting that, right? Like everybody is kind of like, um, they're just happy that the dumpster fire, the one dumpster fire is out. And if you can work on that, you know, um, then, you know, you might have opportunity to move towards those other things with a lot more, um, ease with a lot more grace and with a lot more, um, success, right? I mean, look at those success rates. Like again, how many people like what did it say like seven percent actually yeah seven point five give up smoking right that's that's a fucking that's not a lot right no, uh and then like seven people out of a hundred you know <laughs> like that's that's the way i like to think of things in in terms of like statistics to just like put a visual in there yeah like that's really sad but you know <laughs> so and then again 30 to 50 percent are attempting to quit every year right and then the mm-hmm. and then um and then again your chances are of actually succeeding are 7.5 percent and then in terms of alcohol you know it's like for the national institute of health 18 percent of those who seek treatment that's those who that's those who actually go to treatment mm-hmm. and then go through the whole program of treatment and then come out only 18% of those those people right not 18% of the entirety of people 18% of the people that actually go to treatment that's what they're saying come out and then are successful that's fucking mm-hmm. that's kind of scary too right so you know out of a, out of 100 people in your treatment only 18 people will remain sober mm-hmm. ouch Well, I like to think of it, though, like if you're listening to this podcast, chances are that you either are sober or attempting to get sober. And so if you think about it, we're really um, at least I feel like a lucky one, you know, because I was able to beat those odds and and 
sustain my sobriety. And I think a lot of the time it's like, well, you you know, we're at least when I'm in meetings, I'm surrounding myself with other like-minded people, um, a lot of people with more time than me. But I forget that like in the grand scheme of things, that's a very, very small number of people mm-hmm. in comparison to those who suffer from alcoholism and addiction because there's a whole group of people that never make it to that meeting. Yeah. And, and so um, it, I, I have to give myself some grace. I have to um, not be so hard on myself because I overcame a very, very big challenge and um, I continue to fight that battle every day. But when I like when I was working in the outpatient clinic uh, where we treated addicts and alcoholics, you know, I'd get a lot of family members that were codependent. Right. And and they just they'd say, I don't know, like, why he can't just do this. You know, why, you know, he he was able to kick this. Why can't he stop this? You know, a big one would be like, okay, someone stopped using coke or someone stopped using heroin, but they kept using weed you know Mm -hmm. and here's this is controversial but my philosophy is um focus on the thing that's going to kill you first Mm -hmm. you know dumpster that's yeah exactly (laughs) and that's what i would tell the family members i would say you know um that it's it's highly unlikely that someone's going to die from weed like i think we can work on that but but the main thing is you know preventing them from overdosing or, you know, if they're using heroin or something like that. Um, you know, we, we kind of want to, we want them to get treatment. We want them to get help and sure there are things down the road that will also need to be addressed, but you know, smoking marijuana isn't gonna like, isn't going to kill this person right Mm -hmm. now. So I know some people like don't agree with that, but it's kind of like, um, I have a hard time with uh, the philosophy like the a- in AA that, you know, we don't use um, anything, you know, uh, to like supplement. I don't I don't know the exact verbiage, but essentially there are people who are just like you are sober from every single thing. Like you don't put anything in your body that's going to alter your mind. And I disagree with that because there are medications I needed to take in order to get through the initial year, two years mm-hmm. of my brain being fucked like up. Suboxone or whatever they. Other yeah, types you know of that's a good medicine. example, like medication-assisted therapy, and so um, I know that's controversial in um, in kind of the recovery world. But what and I was, you know, a very against it in the beginning before I got sober. Go figure. Um, <laughs> but. You know, I saw like how many lives it saved, you know, and, and helping people transition. It's kind of like with smoking, you know, if you can't cut it cold turkey, you get the patch or you get the gum, you know, it's, it's similar to that. But, um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because I, I think that's relevant to kind of the, uh, the dumpster fire analogy. Yeah. Helping you put out the fire. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. think, uh, you know, um, I think everybody's different. Right. I think, again, I was given um, I was given the grace. Like, that's what I know. Uh, but let's not forget, like, you know, I think alcohol was my um, my uh, my substitute. Right. For uh, for meth. 
let's just get that over with, right? You know, because, uh, you know, I had drank when I was a kid. I drank at eight years old. I drank at fucking, you know, 10, 11, 12, whatever, right? Um, but there's never a day when I got, like, you know, shit-faced on a Friday and then woke up and said, I'm going to start mowing lawns so I can get more of that drink. You know what I mean? I didn't fucking do that. But, you know, when it came to meth, I fucking did that one night on a fucking Friday and that's exactly what I did the next day. I like started. I'm like, I need to mow some lawns to pay for this shit. Like, I need to steal some yeah. shit. You and know? then do you feel like the alcohol uh, was a more socially acceptable yeah. option, you know, yeah. especially as an yeah. adult? And, and as an adult. And that's the other thing. So I said to myself, like, you know what? As long as I don't do meth again, I'm okay. Right. And then, um, and again, I didn't have a problem with alcohol until I had a problem with alcohol. Right. So that's, there's that side of the coin too. Is I you know I I pick back up at twenty five knowing full well that and that people talk about it all the time. It's like uh, uh, you know that my uh, my 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 weed bone is con- connected to you know my cocaine bone. You know my cocaine bone is connected to my whatever heroin bone. Um, you know and and that I believe for me it was true, but that that took a long time, right? So uh, because you know I I picked up at uh, you know whatever twenty five years old and within like I want to say. You know, six months I was, I I had uh you know meth in my possession again right uh yeah I didn't you know it took me about a month to kind of go like nah it's just fucking scared the shit out of me I need to put that away again and uh, and then just go back to drinking right so but if um no but if you're talking about assisted treatment in order to be supervised by a professional to be like assisted medically. Um, yeah, anything that works for that person in order to make that happen, but there should be a plan in place. I don't feel like, um, like just putting a fucking patient on medication and saying, here you go. And this is going to be the rest of your life. No, like I, I, there needs to be a plan, not only that getting on it and how long you, 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 how long or, um, when to evaluate when we can go off it. What is, what is, and then what do you need to do now that you're on it? Like, what do you need to do in order to prepare to go off of it at some point? Like, what is, where, how, how much smolder is going on in that dumpster fire that we need to address whatever those things are, you know? And that's what I think that those things are really. It's like, you know, so in terms of, you know, whether it be, um, you know, uh, antidepressants or, you know, whether it be stuff like Suboxone, whatever, like all those things are kind of geared to get you to a place where you can then deal with the, with the other things that maybe you couldn't deal with, uh, when you were using and, 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 or totally not using. Uh, and so now you're at a spot where you can do that again, assisted, supervised, and with a plan. That's my personal opinion on that stuff, right? So, and again, talking to your doctor, not just fucking talking to your aunt or, you know, and getting fucking, (laughs) getting her fucking dope so you can like, not her dope, but, you know, getting her whatever. uh, Her pills. Pills. Yeah, right. Oh, I'll give you, yeah, whatever. You fucking, no, that's not how that works. This shit, you know, and again, as prescribed or Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you read the bottle and it literally says, you know, take as needed, right? And, um, if you're popping six a day and you need six a day, I mean, evaluate what that need is, right? Could you right. or could you not have gone without or you just fucking like literally sitting there using that the same way you would use, you know, a drug or a drink? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. are you, are you, that's what you have to evaluate for yourself and to make. So as needed and what is needed, define that up front 
before you get that bottle in your hand, and then you'll understand what need is, right? So Yeah, and it, it's important to take a look at it if you can't um, moderate. There. You know, if you can't take it as prescribed, if you find yourself, um, you know, itching to to take the next one or or running out early like that's something you got to look at but um i i fully agree with you carl with you know being under the supervision of a professional um you know and and maybe that part of that's because i've i've worked in healthcare for so long and i i see like you know what happens when someone is supervised versus when they're Mm self-medicating and um you know even myself like i'm i'm getting close to um nine years sober and Mm -hmm. this year i got off one of my medications i got off um i was taking clonopin for many years for my anxiety and um you know, over the last like two years or so, I I started tapering down, taking less and less of it. And then finally this year I was able to completely stop. And it was just like, wow, like this is, it's been a long time, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's something I've worked towards because I don't want to be on it if I don't need it. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then, you know, on the flip side, uh, for me, like I know that I am fucking crazy without my antidepressants like you know and that's just something i've come to accept that i will need to be on for the rest of my life um but everyone is so like their care is so individualized that like what works for me won't necessarily work for you and um you know some people do believe that the only way to get sober is to be completely off everything Mm -hmm. And if that works for them, that's great. But for me, like I needed to focus on first getting sober from alcohol. And then I needed to make sure that I was um, stable enough to stay off of alcohol, which for me required the help of some medication and therapy and all that good Mm -hmm. shit. Um, But, you know, after so long, um, I needed to address like the, the benzo, the the clonazepam because that's, you know, kind of been a crutch for me as well. And, um, you know, it had been so long that I had been without alcohol. It's like, okay, now we need to focus on this. Maybe it wasn't a dumpster fire, but it was definitely something that was more of a habit than just like necessary mm-hmm. anymore. And that's, you a, know what I mean? that's a really good example about like how those things that we like, you know, at one point we really like, you know, because there's times you know, I call my doctor and I'm like, oh, I'm in so much fucking pain, right? You know, my um, fucking neck or my back or whatever. And then it's like, you know, and he throws like a gabapentin at me, right? And so, you know, then I was doing like uh, 300 milligrams of gabapentin or something like that. And then, you know, and then fucking more and more so, it's like I go on and I go on. And, you know, and I'm running into depression and I'm running into all these other things that, you know, exaggerate that pain. And so then, of course, then they throw more at me. And I'm like, so you, I'm like, really? Am I upgrading this? I'm doing so, okay, 600? Okay. You know, and, so, and then and then you find yourself like, so I'm, when I went into the hospital in 2020 with my lung stuff, they were like, like they, they fucking, every, uh, uh, after I got off uh, out of surgery, they were like setting up your new medications, right? And they like, they're like, no, 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 you can't have that uh, 900 milligrams of fucking gabapentin. I'm like, what do you mean? That's what my doctor prescribed. Like, who's your doctor? <laughs> Because <laughs> they want to fucking go like give them. Some, They're like, nah, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not doing that. Yeah, we're not doing that. So that was the other thing is, um, it probably wasn't even benefiting me, but yet there I was just doing it, and and you do it out of habit, right? And then that so that for me it was like as a really good example, it's like I saw like, hey, I wasn't 
it, you know, wasn't that bad going down for that gabapentin, right? I'm like, okay. So I, I ended up doing, when I got out of the hospital, 300 milligrams back to 300. And then I just stopped taking it because I was like, you know what? Like, do I really need it? Like, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, some of the pain that I had is still there, but, you know, is it really as accentuated as it was, you know? And I'm like, no, nah, it really isn't. You know, and I, actually, and I started doing these like other little exercises for my neck and stuff. And, um, and that actually alleviated a lot of the shoulder pain and neck pain that I was having. So there you go. Right. So, so, but again, I didn't, you know, I had to take the steps necessary. I also had to do the treatment, the physical treatment of doing next, uh, traction and all this other stuff. And then I was able to like reduce the medication, uh, you know, again, and, and I saw that as something that was possible. And yeah, I mean, it's not the dumpster fire, right? It's not, you know, but, but it's after the dumpster fire, dude. And that's after like eight years of fucking being you know, sober and doing all the things necessary in recovery. Like, you know, dealing with like, again, trauma, family fucking issues, you know, my own, you know, personal, you know, going to therapy, et cetera, going to fucking four fucking meetings a week or whatever the hell it is, doing all the step work and everything else. Again, all the things that I never thought that I'd be doing, meditation, praying, all that stuff, right? Now it's like I go, okay, so I feel much more secure in order to make those decisions, whereas in the past, if I was in pain, you know, and I got off of medication, I would be like, well, there's always alcohol. <laughs> it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, and I just pour more fire on on the dumpster fire, right? And uh, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I ended up. And so for me, it was like, you know, um, you know, this is different. This is like treatment versus, you know, uh, self-medicating, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I really choose today different pathways as it relates to other things in my life. You know, yeah, I mean, do I still like to whack it now and then? Absolutely. Do I still take down <laughs> a, a drumstick, you know, wholeheartedly? Absolutely. And will I, you know, if I'm sitting here and I go, yeah, I think I'll have a second one, I still do that, right? You know, it's not like I'm, you know, I am not the the saint, you know, among saints here. You know, I um, I still have my issues. I still have my vices. I still have all the shit that I do that's like, you know, uh, creates a little pot belly uh, above my, my belt. Uh, <laughs> so, But you know what? It's not killing me today. I'm not shitting blood. You know, I'm not, you know, and again, can I, can I choose not to some days? Absolutely. Right. So that's the other thing is like, sometimes I can absolutely choose not to. Whereas, you know, when it comes to those other dumpster fires, I had no choice. Right. I'm literally drinking against my will. So talking about that, the other thing I did not have a choice on was my vaping and my nicotine. I, I was I was a smoker. I was an adamant smoker. I smoked a pack a day since I was 12 years old. I started smoking at 8 years old, which always surprises people at some point, especially in the U.S. They're I mean, like, oh, my God. That's not exactly, like, normal, so I yeah. can understand that. That's but, also, like, that's, like, very extreme. Like, that's the most extreme I've ever heard of, like, the beginning of smoking is 8. Uh, see, like, that's crazy. And I just, to me, like, when I when running with the kids that we all grew up with, like everybody did that shit. And mm-hmm. it was just like, and again, you know, um, uh, Chelsea, it was a different time. <laughs> right, so, so no, um, but, but you know, again, uh, I fucking love smoking. I was a smoker, right? And I'm still a smoker. I just don't smoke, right? That's just kind of how mm-hmm. that works. So when everybody's out there like gathering around the ashtray in the, 
Yeah, I guess in the in the Midwest in the cold and in the um in California in the dirty parking lot. Um I still gather there, right? Like I I'm like because these are my people. Like they're smokers, I'm smoker, right? I just for whatever reason, you know, I I still see myself as a smoker. So that was a hard thing for me. That was something that I felt was another dumpster fire for me because, you know, um I never knew it, by the way. You know, 5 years after you know quitting smoking, um uh, sorry, uh, vaping. That's when I had my lung issues. Five years, mm-hmm. right? So, but I don't know. Maybe I instinctively knew it somehow. Maybe I always kind of felt like that was going to be part of it. But, um, but for me, like that was something I wanted to do for me, and like something I really felt I I felt compelled to do. And at one point, like when I put down the vape, it was literally that voice that said, "Now's the time." kind of thing almost just like alcohol right like yeah like today's the day like you're done and That's interesting. Um, yeah and it was um and again but it's still stuff i had to work on and i had to like be attentive to like you know i yeah. had to like make the effort to stop and to get the shit you know i had to put it all in a bag and give it to somebody else and say i don't you know yeah, just like alcohol. Get it like, out of I, here. Yeah, get it get out, of it here. out of my sight. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to fucking charge that fucking thing. Ever. I don't want to put juice in it. I don't want to do nothing with it. You know, I don't want to spend my money on it. So, um, buddy, where did all that fucking money go? God damn it! <laughs> you know, I still I spend like three hundred dollars a month on fucking vape. How much wow. you spend? How much you spend on vaping? Oh man, um, probably like a hundred a month. Fuck. So yeah. uh, and then so. Um, how do you feel about vaping? Do you feel like that that's like a, um, like kind of like a, a non-issue at this point, or is that something that you're gonna like? Do you have any uh, thought of dropping that or no? Does that ever like come to your mind? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, um, uh, it's hard because um, it's it's kind of like something that quells my anxiety, and it's it's just a habit, you know. Uh, I picked it up around the time I stopped drinking. You know, I was a smoker, but I switched to vaping. Um, and, and it is something that I am actively trying to stop. I told myself when I finished school and the stress of that was over, then I would really need to stop. And it is so hard. Um, but you know, I've taken the initiative, like I go to Costco and they have these like, lozenges like this huge pack of (laughs) lozenges for like 50 bucks and so I get those and um I've been trying to you know pop one of those when I am like dying for Mm. for my vape um it's definitely hard when I yeah work now you got long hours at work too right and there's the times you can't step away from that yeah right yeah yeah. and I can't necessarily like leave the hospital so I would though uh, (laughs) (laughs) if I was smoking I fucking definitely would like I would be like out of here i'm gonna i don't care like i i yeah. couldn't make it past an hour i couldn't if it was if yeah. it was a meeting that was an hour i'd be like i can't attend i'm sorry you know that'd be oh, yeah. two hours like if it's two hours i'm like i can't attend i gotta i got is there a break because if there's a break i could do it <laughs> but if there's no break i can't do it yeah yeah so i mean it's something i'm working on um i you know i probably could try harder but um it's yeah it's it's something that i know isn't great for my health and it's uh um something that that will be conquered eventually um but it's not killing me right this second and so it's it's kind of hard to you know just completely stop it cold turkey but um but yeah it's it's another vice um 
same with like for me, shopping is another mm-hmm. vice. It's it's a distraction and um, it feels good in the moment when you like, you know, hit a purchase and then uh, when it shows up on your doorstep, but you don't like looking at the bill later, right? Yeah. Those fucking <laughs> so. bills. You know, it, so my new sponsor has got me doing finances and shit. He's got me all like getting into it. Finances. Wow. My own finances. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, he's really encouraged me to like start to look at those things and to try and get more involved and to, to be a part of it. And it's, it, it is scary. Like it's scary, like you know, because again, it's with my wife and myself, and anytime money and you know romance get involved, it's like just never fucking goes well. Marriages and money and just all shit. So, um, so that can be its own issue too, right? Because you know, it's living in that same purchase, you know, condition, and the next thing you know, it's like you know, and then I as a as a you know in recovery, it's it's something you got to look at too, right? Like, am I is this spending like a problem for me or is you know is it a problem for my wife <laughs> you know, it's like you know, you know what i mean these are the things you kind of gotta go oh shit like do we got problems here so um so yeah i think that's one of the things that you know recovery does is it helps you to start look at those things a little bit more you know um uh in, in, through the lens of recovery so yeah i i and i think that's kind of the beauty of this stuff right you really look at it and you go all right you know so is is a shopping a problem problem for me? Is it a dumpster fire problem or is it just something that I could manage, right? Is it something that, you know, I got to deal with? Um, you know, again, is it, uh, is, is my emotional state so far beyond that? Like I need, you know, assistance until I can deal with it. Um, or is there, um, you know what I mean? It's like, or am I actually abusing this drug? Like the lens of recovery will help you to understand like more about what, um, you know, how to find balance with like all these other things in the world. But again, we can't get there until we, you know, learn to identify what you're talking about, which is like the thing's going to kill you first, you know, that thing's going to take you out. And it's like, and if you can do that, then you can move on to the next things. Right. But until you feel secure doing, you know, putting out the, the real fucking shit in your life, the real dumpster fires, you, all this other shit is just, just shit. It's just like, you know, and again, um, you know, I, 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 I was talking to a friend the other day who, um, you know, uh, you know, got caught with his, his hand in the cookie jar about, you know, what, you know, fucking vaping and, you know, all the other crap. And, um, and then, you know, and, uh, his, his wife, like, you know, actually, uh, um, uh, you know, make comment about it all. Like, you know, oh, you know, I thought you were, you know, we had to treat me and, you know, you're in recovery and all this other shit. Again, this high expectation of like, now that you like, you, you, but he's quit drinking, he's quit drugging. But that's not good enough, right? You know, it's like, you know, like, what the fuck? <laughs> right? Yeah. I think it was to the point what you were talking about. He's, all the relatives that kind of come in and say like, but why can't he stop the weed? Why can't he? St- why is he whacking it all the time? <laughs> it's like, and you're like, you know, are you going to help him or? <laughs> no, we don't say that. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I... I like to tell people to focus on, you know, the the most uh, fieriest dumpster fire first, because when I first got sober, um, I kind of had this idea of like, oh, well, I stopped this, then I can stop this, you know, and I mm-hmm. can go to the gym all the time and I can um, lose all this weight like that mm-hmm. became another addiction, like yeah, yeah. working out. And so um, 
I, and then eating healthy, like, oh, I'm going to cut out, like, I'm only going to eat, like, a thousand or twelve hundred calories a day. Like, did you count calories you know. and shit? Did you do all that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I can't. I can't it, imagine living my life on that level. I just. I would. I that would be torture for me. Like to count a calorie yeah. would be torture. I just, yeah. yeah. I definitely don't do it now, but I. I was an obsession. It was like you know. I was. Um, I was kind of. I guess. <sighs> It's kind of hard to say whether that was like me trying to stop something, you know, stop like eating shitty or was it um, me gaining a new addiction and like mm-hmm. um, eating healthy and working out and like just mm-hmm. focusing all my attention on that. I think that was something that uh, it was short lived, so I didn't have That's to like good, address though. it. Yeah. In the realm of the burntoutcollective.com, a powerful message is woven into every fabric, navigating the complexities of life. The burntoutcollective.com beckons, inviting all to embark on a voyage of reclamation, defying odds, reshaping destinies, all within an unmistakable style, because within the Burnt Out Collective, the garments aren't just worn, they're symbols of strength. Join this odyssey today at theburntoutcollective.com. You know, I see a lot of people who make that that call, and I, I write about it in the book a lot. Actually, there's a couple of places where it's like people like, you know, you go down a couple of camps of like, you know, you know, you get into recovery, you get into religion, you get into working out, you get into money. It's like you know, whatever your other thing is, that's usually like what you kind of end up doing, and um, mm-hmm. and it's so so when you say it's short lived, that's a good thing, right? But again, at the same rate, it's we. I think a lot of us always make the attempt. You know, and I think, you know, I, in my own recovery, I made the attempt at one point too. you know, um, that was, uh, my work, right. It was a big part of it. And, um, and when I went to, you know, I, I'm going to get a freelance client, I'm going to get more money and I'm going to, and then my wife said like, look, like th- this is going to go two ways. Like one, you're going to get the work and, um, you're going to then, uh, uh it's going to go bad. And if it goes bad, you'll drink, right. Or you'll get the work and it's going to go great. And then if it goes really great, you're going to drink. <laughs> so she's like my own wife who like, fucking totally not. I'm like three months into recovery and she's like kind of giving me that big warning of like, there's your other thing, Carl. Right. You know, and like watch out for it, you know. And so it really did help me. So that's why I went and put out the big dumpster fire first and then the work stuff. I worked towards more balance with that stuff. And, and I spent a lot of time focusing on like what that was for me. Like, and you know, because that's the shit that would, again, it's not the immediate killer, but boy, the stress is there for that. And, you know, who knows Monday mornings, you know, and heart attack rates, you know, I'm sure I was, a, I'm sure I was a much better candidate than I am today. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Chelsea. So what do we tell these kind fucking reprobates? What do we say to them all? I say deuces. And I say, um, stop whacking it, Aaron. You motherfucker. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> you do you, boo. You fucking whacking it all day long. You fucking... Oh, Aaron, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Get out of that. Okay. All right. I say uh, stay active. What? Not that active. Stay active, <laughs> but stay sober. All right. See you guys. Soberpod.com. 366 fucking days sober. Yeah. 
It was a sight to see them. Yeah. Breakfast with Sprite and Seagrams. Oh. Wrestling with my vices. Exercising my demons. Uh. My blessings were blocked, so I never got the message. I'm stressing. I'm only 12 steps from an exit. Damn. Regret it. Because my imperfections were perfected. I ain't run from it. I accept it and rep it. It's a badge to me. Good stories come from a tragedy. And when you survive, the glory will come in Act 3. Three. The wait's over. 366 fucking days sober. Morning affirmations that can start the day for you. Use my favorite book. Mark for a placeholder, finish when the day's over, okay? Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, sober pod, keep it authentic, no facades. If it's real, then you know it's ours. Welcome, welcome.